Hi, welcome to Designer vs. Developer Podcast with myself, Mustafa Kotoldo, Design Advocate at Google. This week, we're speaking to Ede about the great debates and language issues and the sort of arguments that happen in our industry. Uh, we speak about progressive web apps and whether they should actually be called progressive websites. And we also speak on a project that Ede is working on called the PWA Directory. Hope you enjoy this. Digital design previously was quite influenced by the world of graphic design um, in that the language that we use, so it's just like, you know, above the fold came from the print world. Um, it does feel like we're getting back to that restrictive um, space again, especially like with like native versus web and all these other, um, to me, meaningless debates when it's like we're ignoring user experience. I mean, what's your, what's your feelings on um, some of these sort of like language being influences and the where we are right now in the industry in terms of like influence. So I feel like we've gone from a world where we took our language and our inspiration from print yep. and that we applied those constraints to the web to a world now where we're taking our language and our constraints from native apps and we're applying that to the web. And what I'd love for us to do is to end up in a world where we have language and ideas that are native to the web itself, that embrace the fact that the web is hypertext, not just a, another way to build native apps. Um, so, for example? So, one of the projects my team works on is the Progressive Web App Directory, and we've been trying to collect a lot of people's progressive web apps and capture metrics, currently Lighthouse scores, but we have plans to bring in other metrics. And when you see a few hundred PWAs all in one place and you go through them all, you start to see common conventions. Like they, design patterns, UI, exactly. such as the but, hamburger menu? So the hamburger menu is a classic one where it's in there, even though most people on native, in the native app world are looking at it and saying, well, actually, we're taking key functionality in our app and we're hiding it away from the users. And we're discovering people can't find it. But... If, and you've seen people redesign to go away from the hamburger menu. If you look at, say, the YouTube app, yep. and we're going to interfaces that expose the functionality, make it discoverable, make it obvious. And I feel like for the web, we have to go through that same process, but it can't just be following the tail lights of native. It has to be saying, if I'm building something for the web, it has to be responsive because on the web, the same URL can be seen on a four-inch iPhone all the way to a 30-inch monitor. And so if it doesn't respond, and Progressive Web App Directory is guilty of this, uh, we are working on fixing it. We end up with a world where it looks fine on your phone, but on your massive desktop monitor, there's a little bit of functionality swimming in an ocean of white space. Yeah. I mean, do you feel that uh, we're abandoning responsive web design? Because it felt like for a while, maybe 10 years ago, there was like the revelation of grids and that we, we are, we're designing for the, we're designing in the wrong way so hence producing the wrong thing so fixed pixel became like you know abandoned but do you feel that responsive web design is now being abandoned uh, because we're following like very uh, strong native patterns as opposed to following the web so i think yes but it's the weird thing is we now have the tools to do responsive really well we have the understanding and just as we're getting to that, it's become something that's boring. And people aren't doing it. They're sort of going, well, actually, here's an adaptive solution. Or here's a thing that assumes we're going to have a mobile dot or an M dot site that's going to be very app-like. And then we'll have 
some legacy thing for the desktop. And yeah, it is. it does feel like an abandonment of responsive design, but we don't have something to go to instead. And I feel like we still, when we think about designing for the web, we're still stuck in what our tools give us. So if our tools assume we design with a bunch of static images, a set of static screens, yeah. we're stuck in that box. Whereas we should be thinking, what is the content? What is the sub-screen module? What is the thing that we want the user to be able to do on all of these screens? How does the user get from this page to this page to this page? Notice I'm using print language. Yep. Because I can say page to page and people know what I mean. Or I can say screen to screen and people think I'm talking about native apps. Yes. But we don't have a thing that is native to the web. So probably my favorite example of something anybody ever did about this is a PhD thesis by a guy called Tom Fumaro. It's from about 15 years ago now. Um, and it tries to tell us that if you want to make an argument in a hypertext environment, you can't assume the user is going to start at the beginning at your front page and then linearly go through it. They're going to come in at some arbitrary point and you've got to give them multiple paths to get to all of the relevant bits of the argument. And since his work 15, 16 years ago, there's been very little that I've seen and there's been very little that I've seen make it into people's production web apps or pro production websites. I mean, I know there's the, the whole thing of uh, designers always focus on the home page, and this is probably the least visited page. Um, if someone's coming, like the way people uh, navigate uh, websites and web apps is they'll come from a link, and that link will take them directly to a specific feature or, or, or function. Um, but we still design, the first thing we design is the home page. So there are actually some publishers who, like Mail Online, for instance, where they get a lot of people coming to the front page to find out what is today's scandal. Okay. But for most people, you're going to get most of your traffic from search or social, and it's going to come in through the side door, and then you've got to try to offer them related links, you know, links to the author of the articles, and get them to branch out through your space. But one of the interesting things is that if you launch an app, in the old days, you'd launch your app, you'd always launch it, and it would go to the home screen, and then you'd go out from there. Now, with deep linking, you're going to native apps through the side door as well, yep. and they're having to explore the same problem of how does the app become more web-like, more hypertextual? Yeah. In fact, one of the questions I often ask myself is, what if we hadn't called these things progressive web apps? What if we called them progressive websites? What would be different? What would we have changed? Which conventions would we have established that we don't have now? So do you think the word app has um, influenced us to, in the same way of above the fold, influenced us to design everything above the fold, like print? that the word app has made, made forced us to design from the UI to the patterns and conventions of native. Yes. And if you were to imagine a world where we were saying, well, actually, you know what? We're happy that the web is not like an app environment. We like the fact that the web is a hypermedia environment. And we were to go back and ask, there have been hypertexts before the web. There are hypertexts other than the web, but people don't have much exposure to them. And so they look at the web and they don't see it. There's that joke about a fish not knowing that it's swimming in water because what else would it swim in? It's, sort of, it's always known water. It just is. Yes. And when you look at the web and people, they take the hypertext aspects for granted, just like people take responsiveness for granted. And then it's very easy to say, well, actually this works on my phone and it works on my other phone. It's responsive enough. But isn't that a, a problem with say mobile first? And us focusing, going from 
the extreme of desktop only to the extreme of only mobile, hence the MDOT websites or some of the challenges that PWAs face? I think you're right. I think we also confuse building something that is mobile first with building something that is native to the device the user has. So if you think about a app or a website that really exploits the user's device, they're going to ask what capabilities exist in this device that don't exist in other devices. So if I load a Maps website or a Map app on my phone, well, they can say, well, th this device has a GPS. You probably want to know how to get to a place. So when we open up, first thing we're going to do is load the map for where you are right now. You can do that on desktop now, but for a long time you couldn't, so we just open up in where it was the last time. Yeah. And as these capabilities evolve, as new capabilities get added, we should be asking ourselves, what can we do now that we couldn't do before? So probably the most interesting new capability that's been added to devices is fingerprint. And you're seeing more and more apps say, well, actually, instead of typing your username and password, once you've logged in once, just use your fingerprint from then on, because we know it's you or somebody who's cut off your thumb and is now, you know, and has your phone. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like there is a potentially another debate. And I've always been um, frustrated by, you know, so the whole flat versus skeuomorphic or native versus web. It almost feels like native web or native web and at web. Is that the new debate? I mean, is this possibly damaging again, like, you know, this another, you know, million conference talks, million <laughs> videos, million books written about, you know, the, the patterns. I mean, what do you think the solution is before um, we uh, create another uh, scandal? So I think a lot of people see native and web as converging. And a very long time ago, I found this wonderful Greek word, chiasmus, the idea that you have two ideas and they meet and cross over. So you end up in a world where apps are much more hypertextual and websites are much more app-like and they cross over and they borrow features from each other. So it's not quite convergence. But I don't think the native versus web or even the app web versus native web um, argument is productive. But I do think looking at each, each side and asking what can we borrow from them whilst preserving our own identity. Because if you get progressive web apps everywhere that all look and feel like native apps, that isn't a victory for the web because now you've just found a way to build native apps using JavaScript. Yeah. You've thrown away URLs, you've thrown away hypertextuality, you've thrown away the value the browsers give you. If you load your progressive web app full screen, there's no URL, there's no way to share, there's no way to browse beyond the confines of that native app without ending up in a very confused environment, at which point, couldn't you just use the native app? <laughs> so we have to make sure that the web doesn't lose its soul. Yeah, because there's no point with making everything app-like if you lose your soul. That's fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.